Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Vlad Bustup, the founder of Nova Media Marketing. Vlad is here today to talk about how indie authors can build an audience and sell more of their books. Vlad, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for, so much for having me, uh, Jeff. Absolutely. Indie publishing has changed a lot in the past 10 years, and I wanted to ask you, do you think it's still possible for a totally unknown author to publish independently and build a large and profitable audience for their books? Uh, so I would say definitely yes. Uh, but when it comes to building uh, a, a, an authorship, a platform, especially in the present, I think I would say it's definitely much harder now than it was before, right? So in 2017, 2016, uh, it wasn't so much competition and it was easier to establish yourself. So the authors that published themselves back then you know, it was definitely much easier, but even still, like now, uh, th this is still possible. So we just, you know, like I work with authors and I do their marketing and I advise them on how to establish their, their platforms and how to grow and, you know, build a fan base. And it's definitely possible. Like I, I still seen, uh, we just launched a, a new author uh, this year and we're going to launch a new one. So we, we do have a, a whole plan for that. We, we know what works, what doesn't. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because a lot of it has to do with, you know, pre-planning, like what you're going to write about, how you're going to get in front of those those readers. And you have to think about how to appeal to them and to give you a chance because of the competition. So um, there's definitely do's and don'ts. Um, but yeah, I would say it's definitely possible. And if you go about it the, the smart way, then, you know, because there's still a lot of authors that publish themselves and they just do whatever they feel like. Um, and you don't want to be one of those ones, those authors, rather like think of, of yourself as how can you establish yourself um, fast um, and, you know, what to write about and how to attract those readers. I think that's the, the most important thing. Sure. So I'm, I'm wondering what's your background and what led you to start working with indie authors? Um, so I started in marketing back in 2016, and then I was looking to, actually a, a, an author reached out to me because they needed someone to do marketing for them, uh, specifically Facebook ads. And it was a person that was already established. So I was, you know, kind of fortunate to have a lot of data on their ad account and they had a pretty big back matter. And um, I had a lot of data to work with and I'm always like oriented in terms of improvements, profit, like what would bring the most uh, revenue and so on. So we actually started working together and then <clears throat> we did the first launch. Um, and this author was a contemporary romance author and he was doing pretty well. Like he was breaking the top 100 on Amazon. Uh, but then we launched the, the, the next book and uh, I think we reached number two. Uh, I'm not sure if that was the first one or the second launch, mm -hmm. um, but those were big spenders. So this is a big spending, uh, you know, author. Sure. And because of the success that we had, then, you know, I kind of got referred to other authors and that's how I, I started, you know, working with authors. And then I just decided to uh, stick to it because I think, I mean, I'm pretty passionate about it. I like it. Sure. Uh, I like to understand how, how readers work and how to sell books, basically. Great. Well, we'll talk about your company and what and how an author can work with you. But I did have a couple of questions for those true indie authors who uh, are maybe launching a book and don't have um, a ton of money um, out of the gate for advertising. And given that, 
where you sit, and obviously I know that you are very data-driven and very ads-driven, but what are things that an indie author can do if they're coming out of the gate and they don't have a huge budget yet? Right. So you don't need a lot of budget to become, you know, like to have success with it or or just to do this full-time. I think the most important, there's two important things I would say. One is understanding the genre that you're writing in. Like you have to understand if this is a genre where there's a lot of demand. If there is demand, then it's going to be very e- more easy for you to sell books uh, at, at larger scale. And even if you don't put marketing behind it, because there is a demand, you will sell more books. If you're writing in smaller genres and you don't really care so much about what you write and you know who you appeal to, then you're going to have a harder time to sell books, right? Um, so it's really about readers, like understanding what the readers want and then giving that to them. And then also making it pretty clear what your book is, is about. So, because you, what you want to do is you want to appeal to a specific audience. And once you understand what that audience wants, then you have to make your you know whole book be appealing to them from cover to title to description, all of those things, they need to be appealing to them and also be clear. Um, and this is how you can just sell books right? Like you don't have to do necessarily a lot of marketing or whatever. Like if you have these things on point, then you're going to sell books no matter what, I would say, from my experience, from what I've seen. And then the second thing that you want to do is your release schedule. So don't just think of, you know, releasing one book, um, release at least three or, or two or three, because what happens is the platforms, specifically Amazon, how it works um, is they have this benefit of releasing uh, every 30 days or every two months, like consistent releases, that's a, a big thing. And what happens is if authors pu- publish books on Amazon consistently, then Amazon will take that and they will push it out to new readers because that's something that they want. They, they notice that the highest engaging books or series are the ones that readers come uh, predictably over and over and read new books and read new books. And that happens by authors just releasing consistently. So if you push, put a book out every, you know, one month for three months, then you will get some sort of traction and some sort of boost from Amazon. And that way your book is going to get in front of, of, uh, more readers. So just to kind of simplify it in terms of the release schedule, um, instead of just writing a book and putting it out, write three books and then put it, put it out, you know, once, uh, once a month or once every two months. And usually that's way more profitable than just you know, putting a book out once every six or five or seven months, Got it. Um, stuff like this. Well, well, I know that Amazon, in terms of in in terms of like their kind of corporate facing, they tend to be a little bit of a black box for indie authors. Do you know, like you you had mentioned these emails that that push out to recommend books? Do you do you happen to know from your own knowledge are those algorithmic algorithmically driven? Or is there someone sitting in an office somewhere or their home office at Amazon actually picking and choosing those books? Yeah, so it's, it's definitely, uh, I think for sure it's an algorithm. So Because there's just too many books for someone just to go sure. through every one of them. Uh, but they have, imagine if it's like a score, right? So everything, every metric uh, contributes to this algorithm. So if people come in and they finish the book, right? Like just like watching a video. If someone watches a video on YouTube, then that adds up to, to the algorithm and then the video gets more traction. The same way a book has an algorithm. So if someone comes in 
and reads the whole book, then that's you know a plus for the algorithm. If someone comes in and they start reading, but they kind of forget about it, never start you know reading, the, then never end reading the book, then that's going to be a minus. Uh, the same way if you know every book has a click through. So if someone types in you know mystery, thriller, and suspense, and your book pops up on the first page, every of those books they're basically competing for that click for that person to actually click on the book. So whoever gets the most clicks, then the algorithm says, okay, well, this seems to be very appealing for those people, and they're going to keep pushing those books. So if someone next time someone types in, you know, Mr. Till and Suspense, they're going to make sure that this book with the highest click rate is going to be put on the front. And then, you know, you're also talking about conversion rates, so people that land on the page and then end up buying the book. Um, also, people that leave reviews. So if a book has a lot of reviews or people come back and leave, you know, high reviews, that also contributes to the algorithm as well. So all of those things combined, you know, they, this is kind of your score for the algorithm. And uh, the books that are the highest in ranks and, you know, they're being pushed to this whole um, Amazon readers and in those emails are from because they have those good numbers. And another thing that happens is um, if, if I, let's say I go on Amazon and I keep, keep checking a book and I keep checking a book, but I don't buy it. Amazon will always, because Amazon sees I'm checking this book, they will then send me an email. It's like, hey, we, we, right. we've seen you yeah. checking this book and so on. So this is where uh, ads come into play, right? Because even if some, I, I run an ad on Facebook and then, you know, they even don't buy it, but they checked it out because they clicked on my ad. Because they've been on that page so many times, Amazon then will start, you know, showing this book or this author's book uh, in their email a lot. Um, so that's another thing that how you can basically impact the algorithm and get it on your site. Well, well, you talked about this kind of algorithm per book, this kind of like score, so to speak. Yeah. Um, if, if, if people click and all the other metrics, uh, uh, <clears throat> excuse me again, if an author is just kind of starting out of the gate and doesn't have a ton of, of, of dollars to put behind advertising, what are the key things that they could do to influence that click-through rate? Rate. I'm assuming that would be cover and uh, description. Yeah, so I, I would say cover is the most important one. We even did a, a survey and we asked them, it's like, hey, what's, uh, I think it was around 600 readers that uh, responded to this quiz. And we asked them, it's like, what's the number one thing that determines you to buy a book? And I think 60% of them uh, answered that it's the description. Uh, so then we went ahead and we, you know, we played the description, tried to improve it as well. But then what happened is, and the, so the description was the first, the book covers was the second. And we played with all of them. But then every time we changed the cover and we improved it, that was the biggest uh, impact, right? So even though readers do say that it's the, the description, it turns out that in real life, like testing with this, I think we tested this like six or seven times. Mm -hmm. uh, we always found that we get the most improvements from changing a book cover. And the way you want to improve it and the way we improve it is by, because first you have to understand what you're doing as an author. Like when you're a new author, you're basically trying to penetrate a market. And you want readers that already read a lot of, of books to take you in consideration. And the way you do that is by, first of all, the cover, you have to position it very similarly to the best-selling books uh, that are similar to you and not yeah so like the the biggest players like that's who you're basically trying to model because those readers seen those book covers so many times and they're so familiar with them that if they see something different they're probably not going to take it's like um 
it's less probable that they're going to take you into consideration. But if they right. see something that's similar to what they're already reading and they love reading, then they will give you a chance, like just to, you know, to get the foot in the door. So things from you know, having similar fonts, similar um, color tones, similar concepts, all those things, uh, they really help when, when you position yourself, like how you look compared to what they read. So then they, they associate you with other best-selling books, and then you have a higher chance of selling. And then when it comes to the book description, um, you know, having it clear, like not being too complex or too complicated, making it clear what it is about. So if it's an FBI mystery uh, thriller, then make it clear that it's an FBI mystery thriller. And then also mentioning other authors or series in the description. So say like, if you love this type of series or right. this series, you will love this. Because what you're doing is you're just assisting readers to take a decision. And you want to make it as simple as possible for them. You're basically just helping them uh, you know, make a decision. Because if it's too different or too unfamiliar or too... Uh, you know, like they're not going to know where to put you, like what sort of book is this? Like, is it similar? Should I, you know, so you're just basically helping them uh, make a decision and penetrating, you know, you're trying to penetrate the market. Got it. Well, well, I, I know that earlier, and I just want to circle back to something you said, you talked about figuring out kind of the popular genres, the popular types of books that people are interested in. How do you recommend an author do that? Is it just literally looking through the bestseller list or is are there software tools out there that you use that possibly scrape Amazon data? What, what's your thought about that? Um, so one thing that I do recommend to authors, especially the ones that are starting out and they're serious about, you know, like actually selling books uh, and understanding a genre is Klytics. So, for, uh, and it's the guy, Alex Newton. Like he has really amazing data on this and he does a great job at simplifying it. So what it does is like, basically he, he shows you like which genre is in high demand or low demand. And then what an author wants to do is basically like find something that they're really passionate about writing, first of all, like they need to enjoy writing this and or be good at it. And then write in something that is on the higher demand. Because if it's high demand, then it's easier to sell. So find something that's, you know, higher demand and then you enjoy uh, writing. And then also on Kalytics, they, they have all this data uh, and it tells you exactly like contemporary romance novels, the top, you know, 20 average ranks is 100, right? So the higher, I mean, the better the rank, the more demand, the easier it is to sell books. And if it's too low, then you're just going to have a hard time selling the right. book because there's not a big audience and so on. And then uh, what, what Klytics does, they also have a genre report where they uh, explain the genre, like what, what the genre is about, what people really en uh, enjoy reading in those books. Um, and they also break down the covers in, the, you know, in this genre. And they show you very uh, simplified data where they say, you know, uh, so for, I think, urban fantasy was, you know, 50% of the covers that sell the most have symbols on them. You know, 30% have uh, a character on them. So they just give you, right? Because a lot of authors, right. they don't know, like, how should I design my cover? Like, what is, should it have? And they also give us, like, 30% have the color red. And then, you know, 80% or, like, 70% that have the color blue. And then you want to do what sells the most. Like, those, that's what, what you basically want to do. You don't want to get, you know, too um, unique. But you basically want to understand, understand what people buy the most and then create something that people already buy the most. And obviously, you know, 
come with your own input and but try to respect what what readers want in that genre. Sure. I think that's the, the most important aspect. Well, well, if an author has the money to spend on advertising, how would they work with your company, Nova Media Marketing? Right. So um, we don't take so many clients per year. We typically just work with authors that have a big back matter um, and they write in those high demand genres. So contemporary romance, Mr. Thriller Suspense, uh, paranormal romance, like those types. So usually we're kind of, we specialize in bigger authors mm-hmm. and also authors that um, continuously release because we've seen that this is something that really helps everything. So even the marketing, you know, doing marketing on an author that doesn't really put books out, it's going to be harder than an author that also keeps releasing uh, because then ag- the Amazon algorithm is going to give them um you know, a push. But just to kind of answer the question, so we do work with those type of authors. We can't really help the smaller ones uh, at this point. We're actually working on developing a, a course and a coaching program that would get them from, you know, like s- smaller levels up to six figures per month, five figures and then six figures per month. So that's going to be something that's going to be upcoming. Uh, but if they, someone wants to apply to work with us, they can go to novamediamarketing.net and then just go and work with us. And then there's a, a form that they need to fill in and we're going to get back to them uh, as soon as possible. That's great. Well, I know that you're very data-driven and I completely understand that you don't want to give away everything that that you know, you're know you seeing. I mean, there are multiple channels for paid advertising, Amazon ads, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, BookBub, Pinterest, Goodreads. What are you seeing in terms of, you know, uh, where you would spend the money because I know that um, you know broader advertising trends with Facebook and Instagram because of uh, iPhones changes in privacy that it really impacted Facebook's um, uh, advertising model. What what are you seeing as as a way to to really juice numbers and and downloads and get people interested and in, from a paid advertising perspective? Uh, definitely. So still. I would say Facebook is the number one source of traffic and the one that is the most scalable um, and brings the most most readers. Now, obviously, this depends if we're talking about fiction or nonfiction. If we're talking about fiction, then Facebook, definitely, that's going to be the one. It's a bit harder to crack, especially in the present. Um, so for beginning authors, probably Amazon is a bit easier to 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 figure out. But in the long term, it's not really going to, it's not as scalable as Facebook. So on Facebook, you know, we can spend $70,000 per month on a client uh, and only uh, $10,000 on Amazon, right? So that's kind of the difference that sure. there is. So if as much as we tried uh, with Amazon, like we can't really get it to, to scale at the same uh, amount as, as Facebook. And then there's that's also like pop-up ads and other ones. But I think the number one essential a traffic source that authors should figure out is Facebook because, I mean, you can make a lot of money just with Facebook or you don't even need Amazon ads or any other platforms. You can just do it with Facebook. As soon as you crack that, then, um, you know, you can just scale with, with Facebook. So, And and what are you doing there? Are you targeting? Um, because I know that, um, you know, there's some very granular targeting available on Facebook. Are you targeting people who 
who, and you don't have to give me specifics, but, but are you targeting people that you've figured out or your team has figured out are passionate readers and, and people who, you know, are likely to click on an ad? So what we found that works the best still, um, is interest of authors, right? So author names that are targetable on Facebook is most of the authors that are in a so genre. other authors. Be, yeah. So other Got authors it. or like bigger authors. So for example, mystery, you can target James Patterson, Lee Child, uh, <laughs> you know, like they, they still work, even though people think there's a lot of competition. Right. I think if your book is on point, then you will sell. If your book is not on point, then you would say Facebook doesn't work. Um, but yeah, so authors, they tend to work really well, even smaller ones. Um, like they work and what we do is we narrow them down by, uh, Kindle unlimited eBooks, uh, right. or Amazon Kindle. Cause just to make, especially for authors that sell on Kindle unlimited, right. Uh, yeah. but they, they tend to work. And one thing that I would advise all authors to do that would help them a lot is just to survey the, the readers that they have and ask, like send them a quiz and say, Hey, what's your favorite authors? And they will give you, you know, like they will give you the answers. And you right. will come, you, you will learn that there's uh, authors that you can target that they just tell you, like, this is how you can, you know, find more readers. Like, this is the readers that you're basically going after. And once you understand or, like, see, you know, their favorite authors is, is Lee Child or whatever, David Baldacci, whoever that would be, then you can just adjust also the copy or, like, put it in the blurb because you know they love David right. Baldacci. You can say, like, if you love David Baldacci, then you'll love this series. And you can put this in ads in, in you know, like, your copy. You can put it in Amazon ads, and but it's important to understand what those readers want and who you're actually going after. Are you? Do you have a specific? Are you driving them to the book page on Amazon? Are you offering a download to get them onto your newsletter list? What 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 do you find? Um, and I'm sure again from data, what what are you finding is the most effective for additional sales? So the most efficient is to just take the traffic straight to Amazon's page. Got if it. you put a, a landing page in the middle, then you're going to lose around 40% of the traffic. And it doesn't matter how high the conversion would be after, but it's still, you're still going to lose a large portion of those readers, and that's going to result in less revenue. So even you have, if, if you have lower conversion rates, it's still better to take them straight to Amazon. Um, and uh, what we found is the best to build an email list of actual readers and fans is at the end, and I think this is pretty common uh, uh, sense and people use it, is at the end, like you give them some sort of free book or free chapter or prequel to the series. And that way they will become, they will be part of your email list and those are going to be just buyers. So this is very important because this is how you build an audience of buyers. This is what you want. So you don't want people that are interested in free books. You want to capture emails from people that purchase your book. Because they already purchased one, you can rely that they will go ahead and purchase another one. So that way you just don't pay, you know, extra money to keep people on an email list that would not actually buy your, uh, your, your books. What are your thoughts on Goodreads? I know that it is, uh, that it was purchased and owned by Amazon. Do you see any effectiveness in, in Goodreads ads? Uh, no, to be honest, I mean, and I don't see it because we don't do it. So we don't run any Goodreads okay. ads. Yeah. So we try to stay pretty, you know, like it's very easy for an author to get sidetracked and off course. Like it's very easy because there's all these platforms and everyone's saying, do TikTok, do this, do right, email, right, right. like do all the. And what I found that you can always rely on is Facebook ads 
and Amazon as like those <laughs> two things. Um, because the other things, there's still like a learning curve to them and you're going to put in a lot of effort and they're not actually going to give you so much back. And even, you know, we have clients that do $250,000 to $300,000 per month. We don't do any bookbub ads. We don't do any, you know, uh, Goodreads ads because we know like there's only so little we can get out of that compared to what we can get from Facebook and Amazon. And there's more, we can get more out of Facebook and Amazon if we actually focus all the efforts there than just to kind of dispersing our attention and, you know, like giving attention to all those other small platforms. Got it. Um, but yeah, those and two. And, and another thing that I would say is mm-hmm. um, probably TikTok organic. That's a big thing for, for authors that have a younger audience. Like that's uh, something that, that works really well. So that's definitely something that you would like to get into and try to understand and uh, get on because, I mean, it's still easy, fairly easy to get traction there. And there's a, definitely a lot of readers. But if you have an older audience, like say 65 plus, 55 plus, uh, there's not so much you can get out of TikTok. So because, you know, every author has so li- like they authors should be writing, right? So they should be spending the most time writing. So they just want to focus the essential, their time on the essential things that would actually give them uh, what they want, which is new readers. So don't Got do it. all everything. Just do a few things, which is Facebook ads and probably Amazon ads. Uh, but that would be that would be it. And when you say Facebook, are you um, including in that Instagram when you buy a Facebook um, ad run? Are you are you including Instagram or not? Yeah, so that's included as well. I mean, what it is because people say Facebook ads and Instagram ads. Uh, Instagram is just a placement from Facebook, so it's not right, really. That's what I, yeah, yeah, it's like the same thing, and it's automatic. So Facebook will decide if they show the ads on Instagram or not, and depending on the audience again, if it's older, they're probably not going to be on Instagram. If it's younger, they probably will. But yeah, that includes uh, Instagram as well. About Facebook. And again, I mean, I I understand that you have your strategies and you don't want to give everything away. If someone were listening to this and again, they're not ready and they're not at your budget and they're an indie author and let's say they're, they're launching their first book and they, you know, have a couple of thousand dollars, if that to, to spend on Facebook are are you seeing that you have to refresh the ads on a weekly every other week basis? I mean, because I, I've seen some, you know, I do um, marketing, not necessarily for books, but for, for B2B companies and mm-hmm. B2C companies. And I have noticed that, you know, with Facebook ads, that the click-through will drop after, you know, a few days. What What is your thoughts on that? Um, so the main way we take decisions is basically based on results. So that means revenue, the revenue that we're generating on the books that we are advertising. Yeah. And the point that we would come in and make an adjustment to a campaign or to some ads would be when the results of the book or the revenue of the book is going to go down. What we've seen is, you know, sometimes the CPC or the clicks, the cost per clicks or the click through rate will go down. But if the results are still the same and they're doing well, there's no reason for you to come in and make adjustments because we've done that and say, okay, well, the click rate is going down, blah, blah, blah. But then we come in and we make better ads, but then the results destabilize and they end up worse, right? So here you gotcha. have to take in, 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 in consideration that you're working with two algorithms. You're working with Facebook algorithm and then you're working with the Amazon algorithm. And the Amazon is the number one. Like that's the one that you want to, please the most because if that's one's okay the other one it doesn't really matter like you could be running 
high CPC ads or whatever, ads that you would say don't convert. But the risk of you just changing a campaign and messing up the, you know, what's already established on, on the Amazon side, it's not worth, it's not worth it. So you're always like the result of running ads is to make money. If your book is making money, then don't go ahead and make adjustments. Because we've did, we've done that so many times because we're always like, yeah, let's improve, let's improve. Uh, but then we, you end up, you know, uh, making it worse, which, which is what you don't want. But to answer the question, I would probably say, I mean, it really depends, but some books, like we sometimes don't even touch the ads for three weeks, a month. Got it. As long as the book is doing well. But on some other books that are not doing so well, as soon as the revenue drops and we're not within our targets, then we change it. And that happens around, uh, I mean, if we're not in the targets, then we do that every three days. So if things don't work out every three days, we change the ads. Um, we, we advise that you don't make changes once a day because... You can set up a campaign and it can take up to three days to stabilize and get you the results that you want. Gotcha. Uh, if you do it a bit earlier than that, then you might be missing out on some data. So at least minimum is three days. And then ideally you make it once every seven days if things are kind of stable and you want to improve things. In terms of data, how how are you tracking you know, I mean, I understand the Facebook tracking, but once someone gets on Amazon, how do you know from a Facebook click if that turned into a sale? Because, you know, the the, the channels of traffic on Amazon could be organic, could be one of those Amazon emails that you mentioned, or yeah. it could be the Facebook traffic that you're sending there to, to determine um, sales. How do you how do you tell that? Um, yeah, definitely. So the way we operate, is because we manage the Facebook side and the Amazon side as well. So we take in consideration all the marketing we do and we correlate it to the result. We don't really care like if it's going to be Amazon or Facebook. We just care about, let's say, you know, we spend 200 bucks a day and we want to make 200 bucks a day on the same book. Um, so that's how we look at it. And then the way you track, I mean, on Amazon is pretty simple, straightforward. Like we have, we track everything in a Google sheet. So every, how much we spend per day, how much revenue we generate from page reads, how much gener uh, revenue we generate from royalties, from Amazon ads. And then from, uh, from the Facebook side, uh, there's, there's ways to track it. So one would be Amazon attribution links, which is a new thing. It's a beta version still. And I would say it's still a bit unreliable because we did a bunch of tests and then we took the winners and then we made improvements based on that, but that they didn't really result, result in actual improvement. So... On paper, like in looking at the data, it was doing great, but in reality, it wasn't. So <laughs> I think the that because it's still beta, like I, I think it's not accurate at the moment. And Got then it. as soon as we stopped using the links in the ads, then we started getting better results. So I said, okay, we're just gonna stay away from this at the moment. So that would be one way to test it. But what I recommend Amazon attribution, maybe use it just to test audiences, right? So take an ad and then run it to different audiences and then use Amazon attribution links to kind of determine what's kind of coming back. And then that's it. Like, that's the only time you use it. And then when you run your main campaigns, run it without Amazon attribution links at, so at this point. It might get Got better. It. But... And then uh, the other way of tracking, which is still not 100% reliable, uh, is to actually have a pixel at the end of, of the book. So if you remember, we said that at the end of a book, there's a link where they can click and uh, buy, uh, not just get a free book, right? 
So what we do is they usually book funnel links. So on the book funnel page, when they click, they read the book, they click on the link, then they're taken to a, uh, a book funnel page. And on the book funnel page, we put a pixel there where we say it's a purchase. So that just means someone bought, you know, a book. Right. And this data, you know, it will show up in the ads manager. Uh, but it, the thing is, it's not accurate because, you know, people that read books, they read them on either uh, a tablet or on mobile, right? So only those two instances, you can actually track that purchase because on those uh, two devices, there is Facebook and the pixel can work. But if they buy it on a, on a, you know, like on a Kindle device, then the tracking is gone, basically. So you're only getting to track the people that read on, on tablets or iPhones or devices that have a Facebook uh, app on them. Uh, but still, like we've, we've noticed, is it's, it's still a good way to kind of track or like get a feel of what works and what doesn't. It's still not 100% reliable, I would say. Like there's always instances where, let's say, we say, okay, let's go based on just the data we have, you know, the purchase data. And that doesn't usually give us the best results. So it's always like, you have to take into consideration what you already know, uh, the purchase data, the cost per clicks, the lower the better, and the click to raise the higher the better, right? So it's like kind of those three elements that you're kind of looking at. Um, and that's kind of how you track or like decide what, what works the best in terms of metrics. That's great. Well, that's all the questions that I had. I'm not sure if there was something that we didn't cover that you wanted to, to mention before we wrap up. Um, I, I would actually want to say something. So I read this uh, blog post from James Patterson. I think it was published uh, like two years ago. So he said, uh, if you want to write for yourself, get a diary. If you write for your friends, get a blog. And if you uh, want to write for others, become an author. And I think this is a, you know, one of the most or the best of advice uh, you can get as an author. Because what I've heard and what I see the most talking to authors that are beginning beginners or like looking to get established and the ones that I even listen to on your podcast, I've noticed that a lot of people just, um, you know, write for themselves and they just have no idea what they're going to write about and just sit down and they, they start writing or whatever's going to come out, it's going to come out. That's great. If what you want to do is just write a book, but if your goal is to become a best-selling author, or to sell a lot of books, you really have to pay attention to what the readers want. And this is something that you have to do ongoing. Like you can not just do it once. You have to study the genre. You can use Kalytics. You're gonna get the basic things and you're gonna get you started. And then you're gonna have a, a readership that you're gonna have to quiz, ask questions, uh, interact with them, ask them w- what they like about the books, understand what sort of uh, characteristics your characters must have or ideally have because this is what matters for them, right? Like they want characters that they can relate with. And uh, that's what keeps them, you know, reading those characters. You have to create a bond between the reader and the character. And that's what's going to get them going. And you have to understand those things. Like you cannot, if you want to sell books, again, like if you want to sell a lot of books, then you have to understand what those, those readers want. And it's not longer about you, but it's more about the readers. And that's what's going to make everything easier. That's what's going to make uh, Facebook ads easier. That's what's going to make Amazon ads easier. Um, and that's going to put you in a position where life is going to be easier as, a, as, an, as an author. And this is the, you know, even uh, myself, like this is the authors that I 
want to work with because they understand it's about the readers. Because otherwise, it's just going to be a hard job for me as well and then also for authors. Like I can put double the efforts into selling a book that is bad or it's not on market compared to one that is on market. Like if I were to be selling David Baldacci's book, like that would be pretty easy compared to, you know, selling a, a book that has a bad cover, bad description, bad title, and so on. So I think it's really about understanding uh, your readers and giving them what they want. And that should give you, like, you, don't, you, you wouldn't even have to know Facebook ads. You just put ads, traffic, whoever they tell you to, to, to target, and um, that would be marketing for you. So I think that's uh, the most important thing. And Amazon will also notice that. Like, if the books are on point, you're going to get traction. Like, everything's going to be in your favor. That's great. Well, as you said earlier, you, you, you have kind of a limited audience of authors that you work with, but can you tell the listeners again how to find Nova Media Marketing if they would like to check out your, your website and possibly, um, you know, uh, later down the road, um, as you mentioned, you're working on a course for indie published authors. Can you give us that website yeah. again? So they can go to novamediamarketing.net uh, and they can apply on the website to work with us. They have to fill in a form give us some information about their books and their, their past years and how, how it went. Um, and what I would recommend is they also can get a free ebook, which is a case study of uh, an author that we scaled recently from, he was making like $6,000 in profit and we scaled him up to $17,000 uh, in profit. So they can get that and just get the, you know, the lessons and just the step-by-step -step process of what we did to kind of scale them. And that should be very helpful for them. Um, and yeah, as I said, like we're, we're working on developing a, a course, a coaching course. Um, so authors can get like direct feedback from me, uh, and assistance on, you know, what to implement, how to implement it. Because I've noticed, you know, like authors, they just focus on the wrong things most of the time because it's a lot of data and a lot of options and a lot of things. And it's hard. And on top of this, they have to do, uh, writing as well. They have to write as well, right? So I do marketing and it's a full-time thing for me. And it's a lot of, like, I couldn't imagine myself doing marketing plus writing. Like that right. would be, you know, so I, I know it's tough for authors and that's why it's important to understand the essential things that they must do uh, that would get them to where they want to be. Because they don't have to do everything that's on, you know, that's available. But yeah. That's Hope great. That answers the question. Well, again, we've been speaking with Vlad Bustuk, the founder of Nova Media Marketing. Vlad, thanks for doing this interview. Thank you so much for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.